Okay, welcome to another episode on the Boostly podcast. This is the podcast that gives hosts the tools, the tactics, the training, and most importantly, the confidence that you can go out there and get some more direct bookings. My name is Liam Carolan, and I'm the co-host on the Boostly podcast with Mark Simpson. So today we're going behind the host. This is where we look at successful and interesting short-term rental hosts from around the business. Today, we've found one in the UK who I'm looking forward to, to going through these questions. It's somebody I've known for a long time and uh, I consider a friend and also I've learned a lot from him. So I'm sure he's going to share some tips and some really uh, interesting and inspiring sort of stories really because um, to do what he's done certainly at his age he makes me feel very old um, is absolutely amazing so today we are going behind the host with Josh Guest from Guest Homes welcome along Josh thanks Liam uh, thanks for having me on uh, looking forward to it well welcome so much uh, and it's awesome to have you here you know it's just uh, it's going to be fun so uh, let's start off by you giving yourself uh, an introduction. Who is Josh Guest and um, what do you enjoy most about hosting? Yeah, so uh, my name is Josh Guest, um, 24 years old. Um, we manage and own slash rent to rent. Um, we've got a portfolio of 80 properties across the UK. And the main thing that I like about hosting really is um, giving a good experience to customers and also to clients, um, I kind of see those two as the main aspects to the business um, because 70% of our portfolio now is managed. So the clients are really important and also the customer experience is really important. Um, and we've been more heavily focusing on that probably in the last 12 months to make sure because I think that's quite a big one that a lot of people sort of skip over the actual customer journey and the customer experience, making sure that it's Top level and it's and it's for it's making sure it's top level for the customer not not where you think the customer should be it's actually making sure the customer is actually rating it sort of 10 out of 10 experience doesn't mean you're going to get a 10 out of 10 review but um that's what you're always aiming for but you want to give them a 10 out of 10 experience 100 yeah if you can get more of those top experiences than the testimonials the reviews you're going to bring more uh, more and more people in, which is cool. So you mentioned how many units you mentioned. Uh, you also mentioned your age, which I've got to bring people's attention to at 24, did you say? Yeah. That's just amazing to have 80 units I picked up on, which which is amazing. So can you tell us a bit more about the the business? So where in the world you host, um, if there is one specific place, and you mentioned the number of models and what kind of guest avatar you tend to host as well? Yeah, sure. So so we've got three different parts of business. So we own a few properties. We've just been buying this year. Um, and then we manage about 55 properties. And then we have uh, just over 20 rent-to-rent properties or rent-to-SA properties. The areas that we work in um, predominantly now is around Worcestershire, slash the Cotswold, Hereford, Cheltenham, that sort of area. Um, and then... We do also have properties in Norfolk and in Brighton. We've got one in London as well, and then some in Swansea. Amazing. So really quite spread out across the UK and yeah. different areas. Uh, whereabouts are you based as well? Are you based to any of these these places? Yeah, we're based in Worcester. Um, so that's been the main area we've been focusing on for the last 12 months to really expand that area. Uh, we have to take on properties in other areas as well, but we've been really pushing this area and sort of wider 
parameters of this area, especially within an hour or Worcester have been really trying to hammer that area in the last year. That's cool. Uh, one thing which I'd be interested, I know people listening are going to be interested. You've got quite a diverse mix there. So you've got 55 kind of units which are managed. Um, so there'll be some American list- listeners, so management and co-hosting, those kind of interchangeable, aren't they? But you've also got the rent to rents or rental arbitrage, which is, is, is how some people listening will know it. And then you've got some your own, which of course you're fully in control of. Is it purposeful that you've done that kind of split across the portfolio? And is there, what would you say the advantages are and the, I guess, the drawbacks of each of those kind of strategies? Yeah, 100%. Um, so originally, because I didn't have enough cash to buy property, um, I originally started the rent to rent or rent to SA. And then once I built up a decent cash flow on that, I actually kind of seen it as, I need to be ads that was, that's always the highest cash flowing method. And I always thought of it as, well, I need, I want to be able to support the business with the rent to SAs, as in support my own salary, as them, the business that are growing, even the teams that are growing. I want to be able to support the, like the premises and the team with the rent to SAs. And then I started adding on management because people started to ask me to manage their properties. And I thought, oh, this is a great additional income as well. So then started to scale up the management side of things and then that was also um i kind of plus that as like a other bonus at the time so then we we were split so because i didn't want it to be all risk heavy into one strategy so if anything goes wrong say like even like say like when covid happened if you were we were still making some profits off our rent to sa because we just diversified the strategy a little bit well quite a bit to be honest obviously it didn't have to be completely different kind of clientele was putting in there but if it was management, we'd have probably lost a lot of our revenue because the turnover would have been a lot lower. So then we'd have made a lot lower profit. Um, so I think it's good having a diversity risk. Now we are mainly scaling up the management side uh, because I kind of feel that's the quicker option to scale uh, because we want to try and get to a thousand units um, by six years time. So that's kind of the plan at the moment. And I feel like that's the quickest option to scale. And also, I feel like we can also we can offer a really good service to our clients as well, uh, make them more money, and it's a win-win for everyone. And then the the purchase options obviously is just a complete separate avenue, which basically some of the profit that we're making from the business, I want to keep buying more and more property and class that as complete long-term investments. Obviously, it's brilliant what we're making on the profit-wise on it, but just keep that into a complete separate pot and just keep reinvesting that. And then I can use that whenever I want to use that, either if I ever exit a business or if anything uh, extreme happens, then there's always that side income there as well. I think it's one of the things which is interesting, um, certainly for me, who's who's also growing a uh, short-term rental business, is that when I first came into short-term rental, I didn't really understand why people do certain strategies, but the rent to rent is by far the quickest way to get some cash flowing and to learn the systems or, or rental arbitrage. It just is, isn't it? And even now, some of the rent to rents are way more profitable than, uh, you know, sort of the management side of things. But the benefit of that management, like you say, is it just diversifies risk. You, you, you basically got the opportunity to earn off somebody's asset and to help them make more money. But with none of the downsides, you're not having to buy the property, you're not having to buy the furniture, you're not having, you know, all that cool stuff, which is just giving you such a benefit. 
And then of course, like you say, it just makes sense. Then you've even de-risked further by then owning a property. You're in full control. You've actually got an asset and, um, it just seems like such a nice journey. And I'm, 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 I know people who listen to this will go, Hey, that makes sense. That is something which is a good business model to, to do, which is to start off with one of those models and, and work your way up. And for me, the thing that really helped was having rent to rents. You learn the systems before jumping straight in on co-hosting or management because you don't know what you don't know until you start hosting, which is cool. So, I think, yeah, so you, you got to make, um, that, that was kind of another thing, actually, kind of make mistakes and learn everything yourself first. So um, I felt like I couldn't manage a property. Um, this would be the same for like, I don't know, when people like educate people or whatever. So if, if, if you haven't done it yourself first, how can you offer that to somebody else? So I felt like I had to do rent to rent first because I need to learn those areas, make sure it works, give a proven model. And then I've got statistics, figures, facts, everything. And then I can be like, bang, here's this to a management client. This is what I think we can earn. Obviously the market can change with any circumstances, but this is what exactly what we've done. This is exactly what our property looks like. Uh, and it gives a good example then to, uh, to them. If you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start, then I recommend you go and book in a call with Boostly and our team right now. We can walk you through exactly what we're offering, how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche, but could be in your location as well. Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y dot forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team. Makes sense. It's, um, it's just something where you've got proof of concept uh, completely at that yeah. stage. So, Josh, what, what did you do before hospitality? How did you get started? What, what gave you the hospitality bug and why? Yeah, this is actually um, quite a random one, to be honest. Um, so before hospitality, I used to, I used to work in a sales background, um, selling coffee machines, um, which was self-employed as well. I did that for a year, so I was uh, 19 slash 20, got like a company car, like you get to, you had like a company Range Rover Sport, like a coffee machine in your boot, which you could go in there, go and show it to uh, customers to sell. And then basically I was speaking to one of the salespeople at the time and I said, I wanted to get into property or start my own business. I kept seeing like loads of like, obviously I was clicking on it and loads of ads popping up at the time about getting into property and stuff. So coincidentally, um, she knew somebody that wanted to, that had started a rent to SA business, uh, with three rent to SAs and they'd only been doing it for a short amount of time and they wanted to sell it. Didn't have a clue really what it was. Um, I said, well, let's book a meeting with him. So I had a chat with him and these were free rent websites in Brighton. Um, so this is where it kind of started and that's, and I live in Worcester, which is like three and a half hours from Brighton, which is a bit of a crazy one to be honest to start with. But when I looked at it, he sent me all of his accounts for like the last 12 months, exactly what the profits were per unit, everything. And basically I agreed to figure to take over those three units from him, fully furnished, ready to go, spoke to the landlords, they were happy to do a transfer, et cetera. And yeah, bought that basically as a running business off him. But I initially just brought it as an investment. Um, I thought, well, 
like this is cheap, like this cost me less to buy three than it cost me to buy one property. So I was like, well, this is a no brain. It's just like a cash flow on my salary to start with. So I did that. And then, and then I had like no systems whatsoever. This guy was running it completely manually. He was like sending out like cleaning rotors to like the cleaners on like a spreadsheet. If it was just on booking.com and just Airbnb. Um, and it was on Expedia actually. And then when a booking came in on one platform, I had to go and block out the other calendars on all the other platforms. Cause I didn't know there was something called like a channel manager because I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't done any research on, on this industry at all. So I didn't know about the channel manager. He didn't know about one either because he hadn't been running it for that long. And I'd done no courses or any training or anything like that. And I did, I knew no one in the industry, wasn't on any Facebook groups, what there's all out there now. Um, like this podcast obviously giving out loads of valuable information. And then I, and then I came back to Worcester, had to systemize it quickly because then I'm like three and a half hours away. So I drove down there a few times in the first few weeks. We had a major flood as well after about two weeks, which was absolutely horrendous. And then I realized actually, uh, there was like a brand new premier in locally in Worcester. And I thought, oh, wow, if they've just put that here, surely they've done a research. Maybe I could try an Airbnb here. So spoke to a few landlords I knew. They didn't have any properties, but then they picked me with somebody else, um, managed to get a property off them and it worked. Um, again, started finite bookings. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So then, then I decided to leave my job. Um, cause I, I was obviously looking at a situation where I had no, no commitment anyway for like, uh, bills and everything like that. So I thought well, this is the best opportunity to take right now, built decent pot of cash from this job. It's not something I want to do forever, but it's a great opportunity here. They just kept, kept scaling up, um, more and more Airbnbs, um, rent to rents and, and in management, um, and kept scaling from there really, um, eventually obviously COVID hit, but I kind of see that as a, an opportunity again, luckily when COVID started, we we're probably still lean enough to keep going. Like we didn't have high office premises at the time, um, didn't have a load of staff, um, so we could go really lean. And to make sure we filled them up, the properties, me personally, either I didn't have like the high outgoings, so that wasn't really a problem either. And, and we just kept rid of coming on actually scaling through COVID every time we came out of like, like a lockdown, cause then it went really busy. Um, I was like, I just went like super busy myself and just got as many like properties as we could on those little parts for a few months, um, because then they were fully booked anyway. So I kind of used COVID as a bit of an opportunity to get more properties, to be honest. Like a springboard, wasn't it? Which is amazing. So, yeah, it sounds like there was. Um, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. That just to go back to the reason that that original landlord wanted to get rid of the portfolio of three that he had was it that he wasn't systemized, or was it that he just felt burnt out and was like, Do you know what, let's let's pass this on to somebody else who who can systemize it? What what was his reason for selling? I'm not too sure, really. Um, at the time, he said he wanted to do like. Um, Good to have another chat with him, to be honest. Um, uh, we haven't really stayed in touch uh, since, but yeah, he obviously, I think probably he said he just had enough of it and, and didn't want to do it anymore. Um, he had sort of family commitments um, and he did do something similar. I'm basically finding actually uh, corporate bookings for FA providers. Similar part, so similar ballpark. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of wanted to go down that route, to be honest, and just not deal with, customers basically going into properties. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think without the systemization, 
I can see how it must have been an absolute headache because, well, like I say, just like I could be could be on this podcast here with you, and like I'd get a book in, and then you need to go and block all the calendars. Yeah. Um, like that's just that's just mayhem. It sounds um, like, so you can see. It just sounds like he was best out of that, and and there's great opportunity for you at the end of the day. So, what would you go back? Obviously, you're now sitting on eighty units, various uh, kind of models, and. Uh, what would you go back and tell yourself if you could give yourself one bit of advice? Well, I think every like I've, I've made loads of mistakes. But even like even like even initially, if I was buying that business again um, now, I'd be like that's way too expensive. I probably paid 10, 10 grand over the odds, but but obviously I wouldn't be here right now if I'd have never started that in the first place. So I kind of see every mistake as an opportunity and and a learning to go to take yourself to the next level or take your business to the next level. But yeah, one thing, uh, tell myself probably, it's probably actually, yeah, take, um, don't class a mistake as a mistake, uh, just open that up and, and use it as an opportunity to take yourself to the next level. Cause whether you want to do, uh, like a mentoring course or listen to podcasts and I would recommend to into a pit of education. I, I went in completely blind, folded. I've not never read a book, never listened to a podcast, never been on any free course or anything. So I didn't, um, in hindsight, I really didn't know what I was doing at all, which is pretty dangerous move to be honest. Um, but so that, that, but I would take every mistake that you make as an opportunity to take yourself to the next level. Really. I like that. I like that. And at the end of the day, like you say, if you hadn't have done that first move, if you hadn't have taken action, then you wouldn't be here anyway. So even no matter what over the odds or, you know, even if it was the best deal in the world, it doesn't really make any difference because it was the initial action which set you down this path. And hospitality is quite forgiven or, or I've found it quite forgiven, which is if you do make a mistake, there's not many businesses where we can say we open a pub. We can't just put our pub on a site which will bring customers. Do you know what I mean? It is. Whereas at the moment we can, we've got Airbnb, we've got the OTAs, booking.com. Obviously at Boostly, we talk a lot of direct bookings as well. But ultimately, if you are listening to this and just looking to get started, you can literally take that chance, put it on these platforms, and at least that gives you a chance to learn by doing, doesn't it? Which is, which is so important. Yeah, just to even get most my just my question anyway. But like to to go more deeper on buying that business, um, I actually had to take out a um, uh, like a personal loan as well because. <laughs> Well, I was, I was a bit naive on it initially, but I could obviously I got told the price of it, but then, then once I'd, I'd sort of I'd committed to it, but then once we started speaking to landlords and then they knew my age, I had no, um, assets or anything and, and I couldn't, so I couldn't personally guarantee or anything. Well, it meant nothing on paper. So then they all want, so then these people wanted like three months deposits, which I also obviously had to do, but then I didn't have that cash then. Um, and being in Brighton, this was like talking quite a bit of money anyway, when, uh, like one of the properties alone was like, uh, two grand a month, it was like a four bed apartment. Uh, so then you're talking like six grand just on deposits plus your first month rent. And then I had, had, had over, of a bit of furniture and stuff that I realized actually broken once I took in on the property, if we had to swap out. So yeah, I had to take on even like a personal loan as well, just to get started. It goes to show though, like 
by doing that again you've taken that action and and pumped it into something which is which has turned out good and it sounds to me as though you've kind of you've done what you've had to to get the sort of cursor moved forward and to get where you need to be to be able to get to that next level you know like if they want three months rent and you can find a way of doing it well at least you that gets you the unit which then will cash flow um obviously you have to do any research and um yeah it just sounds as though it's it's gone well um so you mentioned um first of all let's dive into what does success mean to you josh and what would you say uh, and why i'd say what does success mean to you and why and what are your values around that Great question. Success to me is more the acknowledgement of others saying you're successful. Like personally, I don't like saying I'm successful or don't really like saying like entrepreneurial, those sort of big words. But um, I think when other people see you've been a success, then that is when you have been successful. I like that. I like that. And that is something which um, you're right. It's a bit like um, somebody once told me that you can't label yourself as like brave. It's it's a label that you give somebody else. And the same with success, isn't it? That person is successful because um, I've got great admiration for your business. And I, I certainly uh, look at it and go, wow, you know, to do this, this quick. I wish I knew what I know now 10 years ago, let alone 12 years ago. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, And so the measures of success, like you say, is 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 in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? So uh, that's cool. I like that question just to, to dive in. You mentioned a few challenges along the way. You've mentioned, obviously, COVID and um, just trying to get the units, obviously, over the line was, was difficult. Was there any other challenges? Uh, what would you say has been the most challenging moment of the business to date? And how did you overcome it? I would probably say COVID initially was definitely one of the most challenging parts to date because we had only been going for like 18 months at the time and like that so i definitely said that was, and we'd just come out of winter um and any sa pro- provider knows winter's complete shit to be honest <laughs> uh, compared to summer um and especially if your oper- if your main operations are in like a proper holiday left destination because some of our main profitable properties were in brighton so they make an absolute killing in the wind in the summer, sorry, and then really drop off in the winter. So you get into like the end of January any anyway, and then you're scraping for cash flow because you just kept piling it back into the business. And then as soon as March comes and you've you started having loads of bookings anyway for summer by that point. So it's absolutely amazing. Like you're flying, you're ready for summer. And then when was it like, was it start of April, middle of March and like that? And then yeah, bang, and like COVID hit and like all of our, like by this point, like for Brighton, like most of your properties are like quite a lot of big bookings in the bank. Um, you might have even taken like probably like deposits, et cetera. So you've got cash in the bank and then bang, like booking.com was like cancel, give them like, give them refunds, et cetera. Same with Airbnb, all gone. And it was like, whoa, what is going to happen yeah. now? Scary time. Um, so that was that's probably the biggest challenge, to be honest. Quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two Boostly books that we brought out, the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint, are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on Amazon. For just two pounds, you can grab both of those books right now. The foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the blueprint. And then for 101 marketing tactics, that is in the playbook. 
So go and grab a copy on Amazon now. Just type in Book Direct Playbook or the Book Direct Blueprint, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. And if we was to switch that round now and say, hey, what was the biggest wow moment? So um, is there any moment that you can kind of pin it down to where you go, do you know what? That that I did then was a real good move, and I'm so glad I did that looking back. I'd say um, growing my team. Um, but that's that's kind of more of a continuous thing. Um, and and just pushing on to the next level. So basically, yeah, pu- pushing on, I'd say pushing on to the next level as in growing our team and then getting bigger offices. Like every time we've got bigger offices, we've ended up with a bigger team, we've grown the portfolio quicker. I think it just like completely opens your mind, like because you want to f- either fill the space when you get bigger offices and then it just really pushes you on to get to the next level. I really like that answer because I've not really thought about that. I'm I'm somebody who doesn't have a work from home and and our business sort of operates um, without an office, but it's something which you're absolutely right by having an office as a tangible thing that you can see and you want to fulfill and also your clients can see as well. So that is, that is a real um, statement. And like you say, just having a bigger office, you then get more staff to fill it and more people and more growth. So yeah, I really like that. So let's dive into some um, some of the stuff which is more sort of actionable tips and advice. So how did you, taking it a step back, how did you analyze a location? What tech or what would you use? And what advice would you have around for, for somebody else who's looking to analyze a location that may be three hours away like your first location was? Yeah, so... Obviously, there's some like great bits of tech out there now. You've got like Air DNA, um, you can pay for that, and do a bit of research on that. But to be honest, um, like when I first started initially, um, obviously, like I say, I've had facts and figures from this business that I bought. Um, but then when I went back into a different area, went back into Worcester, um, there was, I don't think even Air DNA existed back four and a bit years ago. So I just went on Air, if you literally simplify it, because I think people can really complicate this section way too much like it's like find my gold mine area and everyone's actually like it's like there's like a magic button or magic piece of software to give them all the information um that they need but you could really simplify it literally just go on to airbnb first of all like let's just just go for the simple option go on to airbnb type in a one bed apartment two bed apartment whatever the property is you're looking for to look at comparable laws in the area see what they're charging a nightly rate at see if it looks like some respect to yours, see if it's similar locations, see if it's got similar amenities, see if it's got like parking, um, et cetera. Look if it's charging a cleaning fee, look if they're charging more uh, per person. Um, look at all the different options that they're, and then compare that to yours. Then obviously you can put that into like a spreadsheet and work out your costs against it. If you've got like a deal analyzer from anyone, then that would obviously save a little bit of time, but literally, put all those costs so work out your total turnover what it could be a month if you're working at say like seven percent occupancy but you're just the average industry standard and then the uh, put your total turnover in there and then put all your costs in there um, and it should then come to your profit but make sure you have got all your costs in there like your cleaning your laundry your ota fees any maintenance costs uh, card fees etc then do that comparable on other websites as well like booking.com expedia um, also looking at any hotel chains in that area. So if you have got like a Premier Inn, a Holiday Inn, a Hilton, um, any, any sort of big hotel chains, look at those because they've also obviously done the research or register for you. They won't go and 
put a big hotel chain in the middle of your location if they haven't done any research. Um, so that's already like a big tick. And then sometimes just going completely off the beaten track, you could be like, like, fuck it, let's just give it a go. Because we have done that with some areas and they have none of that there. And they've been the best performing properties we've ever launched. And they still are to date. We actually managed these properties. And I said to the landlord at the time, well, what have you got to lose? Because at the time he's getting like five fifty, six hundred pounds a month for a two bed. And now we're netting him like three and a half grand a month, um, which is absolutely mental. And yeah, sometimes you could just go, actually, let's just give it a go. Uh, let's furnish it cheap um, or low cost. And let's let's give it a go. What I've got to lose. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's ready, ready, ready aim, uh, ready fire aim, that isn't it? But that is what, what I like about what you said there is the fact that you said, hey, don't overcomplicate it. And there are what things you don't need to pay for any software at all. You can just do what you've said there and just see what the demand is. A lot of um, people, because I've had people ask me before, like, oh, is there a quicker way of doing it? And you go, well, no, not not really. You either you either want to analyze it or or not, don't you? It's a case of you've got to go on Airbnb. You've got to just do this, this or like you say, you just, hey, let's give it a go. Um, it is very forgiven, isn't it? Hospitality in general. So I think, I think, I think the biggest, biggest one as well, like it's really is, uh, this comes back down to like, obviously like business owners making, taking a risk, but you like, you can only do probably like 90% of research and the other 10% is let's give it a go because you still never know, like your property could be one street away from someone else's, mm -hmm. you style it slightly different and you still might not return as much as theirs or you might return better than theirs until it's actually launched. You can never ever say a hundred percent, this is exactly how it's going to perform. You can get there or there about, but you can never say a hundred percent. No, absolutely. Um, so what would you do in this situation? There's, there's people who listen to this and you go, hang on, Josh is managing from, you know, from afar, there's, there's places. What do you do if there is a problem at one of the units at the moment? How do you deal with that? You know, say somebody's locked out or a boiler's gone wrong, that sort of thing. What What's the process, especially if you're far away from the unit yeah 100 percent. i think it's getting a real good team around you of like contractors plumbers electricians uh locksmiths building needs all up we simply have like a like a master spreadsheet for all of our maintenance teams in different areas it's got like some sort of uh formulas on to make it easier to jump to different areas etc and like the list of priority uh, so say like this plumbers priority one to call, um, if they're available on weekends, are they most cost effective, um, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's, that, that's probably one of the biggest things. And then obviously building up a team of like cleaners, um, how the laundry is going to be systemized and then how the property is going to be checked over as well to make sure that, well, one of the cleaners are doing a good job and make sure, um, everything's still in the property, uh, especially like like all your kitchen items and things that usually need restocking, glasses, teaspoons, cutlery always get missing all the time. Openers go missing, don't they? Forks and bottle openers. Yeah. All of that get missing all the time. So make sure somebody can go and restock all of that without you driving, obviously, like three, four hours to go and restock a one pound spoon or whatever. You get a once to want to do it in the area. 
definitely, definitely not one that you want to drive out three hours for. So it sounds as though it's, it's you know having a good team in the area. So I want to squeeze in at least one more tech-based question, and then we'll do a couple of quick-fire questions as as we draw things to a close. So, what would you say in your business at the moment is your top piece of tech that you use, either personally or that your team uses, and why? I would say uh, we use loads of different technology, but I would say uh, the channel manager is the main one. Um, so we use Uplisting, which has been amazing. Just obviously systemizing the communication with customers, all of the payments. Um, obviously, the payments technically go into a different software using like Stripe, but it's bringing everything all together, all into one database. So that makes everything logistically so much easier. Um, obviously, like I said, blocking out all your bookings, all of the comms with the customers, uh, your automated messages, um, seeing all the calendars easily. Uh, all your prices on there. We use external pricing software, which has also been absolutely uh, life changing as well. But which one do you use for the price uh, price software? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, we might we might be about to change uh, back at oh. the end, but uh, um, at the moment we use Beyond Pricing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So. Um, um, definitely a question for another time that as well then is, um, but that sounds as though the channel manager, I mean, uplisting, we know well here at Boostly and, um, you can always go to uplisting and actually they'll give you a free 14 day trial and they've got a very, um, good pricing system where you can actually see on their website, um, you know, sort of how their price point is against others. And there's lots of amazing, uh, PMSs and channel managers out there, but it is about finding one that's right for yourself, isn't it? Which is, sounds like that's, uh, that's worked here. So, Josh, what I want to do is just dive into a couple of fun quickfire questions, just for fun. Um, uh, the answer can be short as long as you like, but let's dive in. So what would you say is your perfect breakfast? Porridge and dark chocolate at the moment. Nice, nice. That's a mix. That is a, a mix. So that sounds like somebody is, um, you know, sort of tr trying to be good, but not too good. <laughs> with that. <laughs> Other than Rich Dad, Poor Dad, what book should everybody listening read at least once? Probably said a four-hour work week. Tim Ferriss, love it. Yeah, good, good choice. If you had a time machine and you could travel future or past to any time period, where would you travel to and why? What's that question again? Sorry, f future. You, uh, well, would, would you travel into the future to see what the future's like or would you travel back to a certain time period and which one and why? I like to travel. I like, I like to go both ways, actually, but um, <laughs> I'd like to get into the future. Um just to um, look at the perspective of my life and what I've achieved and just, yeah, just, just look at it and say, and actually re really go into the future of like a few hundred years, that'd be amazing. And then see like what your like grand grandkids or whatever, and then speaking about you. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, that is very, um, it makes you think that does, that does, does make you think. So um, and lastly, we always like to end with this kind of question, which is, is there a motto or a mantra that you either like to live by or a saying that really resonates with you? It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. I love that. I've got that somewhere here on one of my, yeah, let me tell you something. That's Rocky Balboa, isn't it? Balboa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's a, a great quote. And that's true, isn't it? It's about how you handle and this theme that we've seen from this, which is 
it's not necessarily about not taking the risk. It's about taking the risk. And if you do get hit, it's about how you learn from it, adapt and grow, which is is amazing. So I'm sure there's going to be people who want to reach out to you on the back of this podcast, Josh. What is the best way to do so? Is there Where can people follow you? Where can people uh, see more about your business? Yeah, 100%. Um, so either my Instagram, which is underscore Josh underscore guest, and that's G-U-E-S-T underscore again at the end. Um or as me and Liam was talking about before this podcast, uh, TikTok, which I am starting to post much more content on. You see, oh, my username is actually the same, but I don't see it on there. Even though I'm young, I'm like a dinosaur on social media. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to uh, learn social media. Um, so yeah, same again, underscore Josh, underscore guest, underscore. Um, so yeah, reach out to me on there. Uh, feel free to drop me any messages or just follow my content for any more information about SA or business in general. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. So um, yeah, that brings us to the end of this behind the host um, sort of podcast. Um, is there anything I missed? Any questions or final thoughts before we bring things to a close, Josh? No, that's uh, brilliant. Uh, thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining us. And again, thank you to you as our listener for Boostly. Uh, we know there's lots of places you can put your attention and we really thank you for spending it with us here at Boostly. So that's it from Josh and that's it for me. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks very much. Bye for now.